Welcome to our podcast. So what do you think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. The labor where they wash up. Then when you wash, wash up. I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me yeah, alone. She's from Missouri. She really means wash. I'm learning more and more how little I know. <laughs> they know it entered the ark. And they knew nothing. I can't do this. Impressions. Hello. <laughs> I'm Bob the Tomato. Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel I have a hard time with condom, condomate, con. <laughs> Not condiments. She loves ketchup and mayonnaise. So, in genius. Geniuses. That's our southern accent coming in there, folks. I'm just a little black lady. <laughs> serious my spirit Bubba what if I give you what you deserve and a lot grateful when you feel that you know where is God well well that's him that's him showing his love yes he's got he's got all these people loving on you oh you know as we ask and answer questions about the Bible faith God and everything in between welcome to so what do you think take a load off get comfy and stay a while Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Missy, and I have with me today my brother Robert. Hey everybody. Hey Robert, how you doing? Hey Missy, I'm doing fine. How are you? <laughs> Good. Why are you so, laughing? I didn't do anything fun. I don't know. Uh, so we're getting into geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we first started? I said geniuses. Uh, yes, you did. Yes, Genesis. you did. Your southern accent coming in there, folk. Yeah, Genesis. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right, so let's go. What we got? Well, we talked about Genesis one last time, so mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of we finished up with uh, the first uh, the first chapter of Genesis, which is basically the creative process. And what we didn't do was read before we get into Genesis chapter two. We'll cover as much as we can today. I just don't know how much because there's a lot of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can grasp, I think I said this the first time. If you can, if we, if we can grasp the first three chapters of Genesis. The rest of the Bible just flows, but you got to read it through New Testament eyes. You can't read it through Old Testament eyes. Even though it's in the Old Testament, we still have to see Christ in everything that we, we look at through the book of Genesis. The Old Testament is basically a foreshadowing of the New Testament and Jesus coming. Boom! You nailed it. That's wow, right. you, you taught me one thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you've learned at least one and a half things. Yeah. It's me that doesn't know anything. Come on. Uh, so, uh, finishing up chapter one, uh, what we did not do was read a part of scripture in the New Testament that is like so cool. Mm-hmm. It's called the book of John. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not very much reading, so I'm just going to read what John, and John was one of the 12 apostles. He was one of uh, Jesus' closest allies. He was one of his inner circle. Mm-hmm. And this is what John said in his book. Uh, so again, remember, we're talking about Genesis chapter one. We're talking about the creative process and what God did there. And we, when we went through that, we, we saw, um, how God created everything from animals until he got to Adam. Um, so what he did in John chapter one is he said, John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things 
came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And I'm going to jump down just a little bit um, when because it, it talks about uh, John the Baptist who came into the world. He said he was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light. This is verse 8, by the way, 9, and we'll start go from there. Um, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were with his own did not re- uh, receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the uh, right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Basically what that scripture says in uh, John 1, I know it's a little longer than probably should be. I mean, reading at this point. But when we finish up Genesis, the first part of it, it talks about the creative process. And what John says here is that not only was Jesus there at the creation, he was there prior to the creation, and he was not only the light that's talked about in Genesis 1, he's the light that goes beyond that into our hearts and changes us from the inside out. This is John's beginning of, uh, of his gospel and talking about his relationship with Jesus and how Jesus came into the world. Most famous scripture Ever, everybody knows it, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Interesting, again, going back to uh, the first chapter, God's creation, when we'll get to, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Actually, we probably won't talk about it at all right now because it's going to come up in chapter 3. Okay. Or maybe, or maybe chapter 2. So all right. We'll come back to John three sixteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now we're going to go on to Genesis mm-hmm. chapter two. If you want to follow along, of course you're welcome to. Um, and what we're going to do basically is what we did last time uh, is read through uh, to a certain point where we're going to then we'll stop and we'll kind of talk about it. Um, Missy's got some great points to make. She's got some wonderful ideas. She's looking at me dirty right now because <laughs> I'm putting her on the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, chapter. So we'll go through Genesis chapter 2 and get as much done as we can today. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you that listen on a regular basis, which I know there's a lot of you, we would love to hear questions about these. Uh whether it's about what uh, they did last week, which was uh, the marriage supper of the lamb. Is that correct? Is that how mom pronounced it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff there. And they're coming up with some. Uh, the next uh, podcast they do on that is going to be just tremendous. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for it. Uh, it's going to be really good. These things about Genesis, there's so much stuff in the three, first three chapters of Genesis. Read through, even after we're through with this podcast, and understand that it's not a story to be told. It's, it's something that happened. And through it, God did a lot of things that set stuff into motion. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that as we get more into chapter 2. So would you like to start and read chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, Melissa, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, uh, that- her middle name is Michelle. <laughs> Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Oh, that was the, sorry, nope. mess up. That's it. That is? Yeah. 
Okay. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Great. Yep. So that's verses one through three. So the, um, the, the bigger discussion points in this is that, um, of course, it always comes up. Did God really need to rest? Mm-hmm. He did? Okay. Well, no. The answer is yes, he did. Missy just said it. No, I, was, <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> I was actually looking at it from people have made the, the seventh day Sabbath uh, kind of like a law. Yes. Well, it's one, of the ten, it's one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? So, yeah. What is that? What is that? I'm, I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot with it because it's the, the, that, that commandment is what? Keep the Sabbath day holy? Mm-hmm. Basically, it tells us to separate the Sabbath from, from uh, all the other days mm-hmm. because on it, God rested. So when we talk about him resting, there's there's a lot of New Testament stuff on this too, by the way, which we won't be able to get into and finish chapter two. But uh, did he need to rest? Did he physically was he tired? No, I would say no. No, he was he was. He's tired. God. He's that's right. So what could this have to do with? Think about the uh, what. Well, there's a couple of words in here that uh, were used, and I'll read the sentence. One of the sentences: By the seventh day, God completed. Mm-hmm. So what could rest have to do with completed? He's finished his work. He's, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying it. Good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's a, I mean, that's a really good point. He's enjoying it. He's completed it. This is what mm-hmm. the the word rested really has to do with it. It has to do with, with uh, completion, with mm-hmm. not with um, needing a rest after doing all these hard things. He's uh, he's He's not needing that. So... The some I think some of the stuff that's uh, some churches believe, and depending on which which one you're you're talking about, they believe that the if you do anything on Sunday, it's a sin. Yeah, well, I think they get that from the Bible where it says you can't even hold a child and have that child hold a stone, right? Because the yeah the Jewish law states mm-hmm. that you can't. Um, that you're, you're not supposed to do any kind of work on mm-hmm. uh, on the Sabbath. The the and of course the other side of the argument is is that well actually Sunday's not the Sabbath; it's the first mm-hmm. uh, would be the first day of the week. The Sabbath would actually be Saturday. So throwing all those arguments aside, because here in Genesis it's kind of settled when he's talking about when the writer of Genesis, of course we we now uh, well we know that's Moses is talking about he's talking about God rested because he completed his work, not because he was tired. Not because he wanted, he, he knew he was finished with what he needed to do. The word, there's a, and I, I found an interesting note when it came to the Hebrew part of it, because uh, the seventh day is not the word Sabbath. What the, is it? The word for uh, uh, for uh, seventh day is actually, is pronounced Sheb-E-E. Yes, Sheb-E-E. Sheb-E-E. <laughs> So that's it. That's the Hebrew, which literally means seventh. So when mm-hmm. you're he- seeing that word in this these uh, scriptures, that's the word Sheba ee. Uh, the word rested uh, actually comes from when it talks about the Sabbath. That word, the word Sabbath, is actually the word rested. So when it's talking about the Sabbath day, the, the, mm-hmm. the, that is talking about a day of rest. 
a day because he's resting because of completion. Now, jump forward to the book of Hebrews, and guess what the book of Hebrews does? It will explain all that. If you want to look at how um, the scriptures talk about uh, rest and how God has you know, completed his work, and he's completed his work in us, so he's calling us to that rest. Say that again. He's, com- he's, he's completed his work in us. So when Christ came, in the book of mm-hmm. Hebrews, the first chapter, it says, and all these times in the past you listened to the prophets, you listened to the scriptures, but now I've sent you the answer in my son. Mm-hmm. So Jesus came and Jesus was the answer to that question. So the work that was not complete in us because of what happened with Adam at the original sin is now mm-hmm. through Jesus been completed. So now mm-hmm. we can have that rest. That Sabbath rest is actually in us, mm-hmm. not on us and not around us. It's mm-hmm. in us. If we've accepted Christ. Yes. If we've accepted Christ, that rest is in us. That completed mm-hmm. work that he did on the cross and through the resurrection and through his Holy Spirit coming to live in us is mm-hmm. in us. So we can have this Sabbath rest that's talked about. Okay. So shall we move on to the next verses? Well, I got a question. Go for it. It's kind of different, but the same. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I was watching. Okay, this is going to be a verbal description of what I saw. There was a preacher, and he was talking about the Holy Spirit, and he had a glass. And the glass, he poured water in, and he said, this is how full you are with the Holy Spirit. Then you would say you're not full of the Holy Spirit. And then he poured it all the way up to the brim. And he said, are you full of the Holy Spirit now? And they, the audience said, yes. And he goes, but wait, you're not quite full of the Holy Spirit because you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he grabbed a pitcher of water and dropped this in, dropped this glass in that pitcher of water and said, now you're overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Like you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. People talk about that all the time and it. To me, it kind of comes back to this, because it says in Acts about that, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then people talk about when you when you accept Christ, you already have the Holy Spirit in you. All right. You see what I'm, I'm getting at? Yes, I do. I, I think that... Um, people um, make you feel like you have to be, and I'm putting in quotes, baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I've right. always heard that if you've accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. Well, let's break it down then. Let me make sure I'm writing this. As we do I'm sorry it. I'm getting you off Genesis. Oh, not at all. Second. No, this is good stuff. Um, so you know, when it, you talk about, let's talk about the word baptism. Could you remember us talking about that and what it meant? Uh, okay, well, th- think of it this way. Um, so baptism, the, the, the okay, I'm going to use the word literal. The literal meaning of that is to actually change something from the inside out. It, 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 that's part of the definition. And where the idea came from that John, when John the Baptist was uh, actually doing baptism, it was a Jewish idea. What they did was they would have um, uh, cloth mm-hmm. and say it's a white cloth or a, be- a you know a beige cloth, and they want to make it red. So what they do is they get an ink, and mm-hmm. they take that and they turn that inside out, and they take them and they immerse it into that ink. And what mm-hmm. that ink does is it comes from the inside and it goes around. That's baptism. It comes through the inside and goes out. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is it's not just changing the um, it's not changing the cloth itself. 
it's changing the color, but it's changing the color from the inside out. So that mm. it's not just about uh, immersing it, and then you can change it again. Sure, you probably can, but mm-hmm. if you add a blue to a red, you're going to get brown. You're not going to get blue. Mm-hmm. If you've got a beige, though, it's a neutral color. You add your blue to it, you end up with a blue. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can't just change the colors over and over again when you do this because you're changing, you're literally changing the color of the inside of the, the fibers. Mm. That's, that's kind of the idea of baptism. Mm-hmm. It came out of, a, like I say, a Jewish thing where the women would dunk their clothes to change the color. Mm-hmm. So it would change the cloth. Okay, so baptism, take it now from the, the, this. You're, you're, um, you're born again. Christ, if, if you accept Jesus, he comes to live inside of you. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit at that moment in, enters you. Now, does he, are you mature enough to accept what he's going to do in your life? Probably not. Think about yeah. it. You've just been born again. So what does that imply that you're a, a new baby? Right. Right. So you've right. become a new baby. Mm-hmm. Do, are you mature enough now to know and expect, know what to expect for the Holy Spirit to do through you? No. No. But, I mean, in fact, most people talk about, go back to the idea of, uh, you know, what God is doing to me and around me. And at some point, that conversation changes, and let, they say, well, look what God's doing through me and in me. I got it. So the more you grow and the more you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, then he's in there. It's just about you recognizing and realizing that he is trying to lead you and trying to help you grow. And is, and you don't have to be immersed in the whole, uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit or whatever they call it. Well, I don't back, know. again, go to, go to the idea of baptism and go to the idea of Holy Spirit. So if God's going to come and live inside you, yes, you do have to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. That happens, though, at your rebirth. If right. it doesn't, it probably doesn't happen at all. What is that's, the, that's your point, right? Right. That's what they're saying. They're two different events. Well, We're saying they're one event. They're right. saying they're two different events. Yeah, and, and when they take the book of Acts and try to make that, that you know, scripturally, that doesn't uh, work 100%. I mean, I can see the argument uh, because you can look at it, and even at one point I think Paul says, well, y'all need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You've accepted Jesus, but you haven't been baptized. Well, look uh, at it this way, too. Like when they, before, G, when Jesus left and they said, go to the upper room, I've got a gift coming for you. My father's sending you a gift. Mm-hmm. Then... The Holy Spirit came on them. So I think that's a lot where they get it from, too. It's like they didn't have that because Jesus was with them, and then it was sent to them when he left. Yeah, and don't you think that's unique? Go th- go, go back through, and it's cl- including the uh, the four Gospels. Uh, the four Gospels, and I'm, I will, we may get notes about this, by the way, from some religious folks, but the four Gospels literally could be in the Old Testament because they're the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And until his death, then the, the real new life doesn't begin. So you have, we have a time where the, the four gospels and everything in the Old Testament, any time that God did anything with someone, for example, David, David mm-hmm. danced in the streets. You remember that story? That's a great story. David danced in the street because the Holy Spirit was on him. This is such a great visual. I wish people could see this. The, no. you know, the Holy Spirit was on him mm-hmm. versus now because of what Jesus did, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's in us. Yeah. So what, what's, what, why is that different? It's because God is now living in us and, and through us. But the, the, when, when this first occurred through, through Jesus, it was a unique experience. It was a unique thing. All during the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could only sit on because there was no way for uh, 
vessel. There's no, yeah, was no, there was no vessel until Jesus came along for the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit to be in us. And that's why he was in the tent and could only have Levite priests come in. Exactly. Because they had to be holy. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And that's a really cool lead-in from one of these scriptures we're about talking to. Okay. But finishing this, so when when Jesus died, he he created a situation where our sin was paid, the, the justice uh, was, was paid uh, by mercy. So when he died on the cross, he, he rose again, so he did something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out of the grave. Well, then you look at the book of Acts, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but you look at the book of Acts, and Jesus has had 40, 50 days, however many it is, and mm-hmm. 500 people have witnessed him back. So first part of Acts, he's getting ready to leave his uh, disciples, and they're standing there next to him, and all of a sudden he just kind of floats up into the air. And some angels come along and say, why are you looking for Jesus? He's not here. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not mm-hmm. up there. He's, you know, get to work, basically, is what they say. Well, go, you know, go to, like you just said, go to the upper room, wait. He's going to send you a helper. Well, what uniquely happened was the physical body, a res- physical resurrected body of Jesus went from earth and sat at the right hand of his father. Mm-hmm. He went to heaven in a physical form. He broke the veil that was separating us from God. By doing wow. it in a physical way. And mm-hmm. what happened then is the Holy Spirit was free to enter us because God, God, Jesus Whoa. made that way. So mm-hmm. when he made that way, we say, Jesus, come into my heart. Well, you're saying Holy Spirit entered, entered into my life. So now our spirits can connect with his spirit. Woo. Our nature, which was dead, is now alive. I got chills all over. Woo, that's good stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Thank so you, Robert. You, you went that way. Should we just stop now? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Okay, that was verse two. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. So, so you, they, I understand what they're saying. They read scripture, they look at it, and they go, "Hey, this could, you know everybody has to do this since it happened once. It's got to be everybody's experience." But that was so unique at mm-hmm. that time in history that you can't say that's the way it is now because God, through His sacrifice of His Son and through His resurrection and through His going to to the right hand of the Father is completely unique for us as individuals. So that wow. now God lives in us because of what he did. Whew, that's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. So what were we talking about again? I don't know. I got to go. <laughs> uh, we were on. Uh, that's good. Where were we? Uh, Genesis 2. We're on, yeah. 4 through 6. You reading uh, there? I'm pretty, yeah, I'm going to read it. I'm pretty sure we're not going to finish that. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, we're 21 minutes in. Just yeah, so you I see know. That. yeah. Yeah, I see the countdown. So four through six, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. By the way, if y'all are reading this different than me, this is a New American Standard. I think, Missy, you're reading NIV, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what maybe why it sounds a little different. Yeah. Um, now, no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. So that's two through six, all right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I, the, the reason I stopped it there is because I wanted to point out a little shift in the, the discussion point. So... In chapter one, and I think we talked about this. I hope we did in mm-hmm. the, the first podcast. And it, it was it was um, 
how God was described by the writer of Moses. He was described, and the word that was used was Elohim. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was a generic idea of God. So even, uh, you know, heathens, when they talk about heathens. <laughs> heathens, oh. Wow. Well, uh, anyway. You're winning friends and influencing uh, people. Yeah, you can see it now. He's going to be shot <laughs> in the backyard. But anyway, so <laughs> uh, even, um, even those who do not believe in Jesus, Mm-hmm. Have, when they use the word term God, it would be similar to Elohim. The only difference is, is that we, the word Elohim means multiple gods. Mm-hmm. So when in Genesis 1, I think the reference there for Moses was about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the creative process. And we just read that in John, talking mm-hmm. about Jesus being there for the creative process. In Genesis 1, it talks about the Spirit hovering over the dark and over the, over the depths. So you, we can see the, the, the three parts of God being there. Well, in chapter 2 here, we see a bit of a shift. Mm-hmm. In, in the New American Standard, they, uh, Moses has, or the Hebrew has switched to a different term, um, and that is uh, Lord God. And what it's done is gone from this big God, L-O-M, mm-hmm. big creation, and that would be the cosmos, which is actually Greek, to a personal interaction with, you ready? Yahweh. What? Yep. So the switch here goes from um, calling him Elohim, basically a generic God name, to calling him Yahweh. So his this is more of a personal type of name. It's more like Missy instead of you know say or, or, or saying you know saying Robert. Mm-hmm. Instead, or, uh, y'all call me family company. instead of Mr. Cabrera instead of Mr. Cabrera exactly so mm-hmm. that, that's the idea of this is more of a personal mm-hmm. dis- discussion with God when he says uh, Yahweh Elohim he's talking about the personal God of the of the Jews mm-hmm. that, that Moses knew and remember Moses knew him personally he it was one of those things where he's there's talk you know part of the scriptures he walked with God he stood on a mountain with God and got those commandments that we, mm-hmm. we talk about quite often. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to um, the, the change here is pretty significant because it leads us into where we're going to go with how God interacted with Adam and how God interacted with, well, more Adam than Eve, which mm-hmm. is key to what we're going to be talking about later on. So your turn to read. That was, that was really the only point I had there. You have anything on it? No. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Let's stop there. Um, I only get one verse. Yeah, you can read the next one. Too, but this, was, this one's so... Okay, let's get into this one, and we'll probably have to... This was so awesome. Okay. Read it again. I just want to hear it again. Read it All slowly. right. Then the Lord, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. There's so much there. Um, I know you saw the note that I sent over. So, uh, 
these these scriptures started. I was sending these out to a bunch of guys at the beginning of the year as we were going through Genesis. Uh, and what I want to do now is just talk about the word Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, you described it earlier about the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. You know where they moved the tent back and forth, and God went and and sat on the tent and stuff like that. Well. There's some feed into how the word Yahweh, because remember they, they do, um, the Hebrew uh, alphabet is they read from uh, right to left. We read from left to right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to Yahweh, they also, uh, the, the Jews do not use verbs. So Yahweh is literally Y-H-W-H. Mm-hmm. The Hebrew for the two H's has the sound <sighs> Uh, breath. Breath. So the definition of the word spirit, both in Genesis and it doesn't matter where you read it. I've, I've re- I looked at it in Latin. I looked at it in Greek. It's always mm-hmm. the same. The definition for spirit is breath. So mm-hmm. God has basically at this juncture, what we're seeing in verse seven, God has breathed his own life into Adam. Yeah. Now, take the word Yahweh, break it apart. You got Y-H-W-H. Remember, the H has a sound to it. So mm-hmm. it's like you're exhaling a breath or inhaling one of the mm-hmm. two. So take the word Yahweh, and this is what I told these guys to do. It's yah Wow. <laughs> think, of, think about the breath of life that he just breathed into Adam. And what mm-hmm. can can you live... Uh, on your heart being damaged, we already know you can because Freddie lived for an hour, uh, almost for what almost two years with a damaged heart. Mm-hmm. Can you live with brain damage? We know that's true because Matt does. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> He'll get me for that one. <laughs> yeah. So, but can you can you live if you don't have the oxygen running through your body? Can you live if you don't breathe? No, no, you can't. If you if your brain is starved of oxygen, you're dead. If your heart is starved starved of oxygen, you're dead. If your mm-hmm. body is starved of oxygen, you're dead. So God here has said to uh, has gotten to to create. He created everything else. Just basically say it's done. I'm saying the word and it's created. Remember John one. Mm-hmm. He created it by saying. With with man though, he sat down. He, he created man out of the ground and then breathed his own life into the man. He didn't breathe Adam's life into his own life. God said, this is my spirit now in you. Mm-hmm. You are now alive because my spirit's in you. So God breathed into his lungs. And listen, to, this is really going to get really cool later in chapter 2 when we start talking about Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to remember this when we come back to it, because I don't think we're going to have time for much more than this. This was really, really good. But anytime you're stressing... Anytime you just want to stop and think about God, anytime you just want to stop and pray in the middle of whatever you're doing, just think Yahweh, Yahweh, Yah in, way out. Mm-hmm. And remember the two H's is, is breath. And that's what it, that's literally what it means in, in Hebrew. Well, <laughs> uh, so I do. I've been looking for a Hebrew interpretation type book and I have the, the uh, concordance and that's kind of hard for me to look at. Mm -hmm. Do you have a suggestion for 
somebody who's looking for a good the, book to be able to interpret some of these words in Hebrew or yeah yeah there there's actually you, you know the best thing to do um is to get a Hebrew um uh, a Hebrew Greek bible but so you can't it has to be English too or I won't know what I'm looking at well that's what it is it's Hebrew oh. English and then when you get to the New Testament it's Greek English. English. So you see the two together. You can you can get those at uh, probably on Amazon. Um, but I couldn't the, find like what exactly to get. But yeah, well, the, the, I've I've used one of them before, and it's actually a really good good way to do it because then you get to see them side by side. The, the The thing about Hebrew is again you're reading right to left instead of left to right, so it gets a little confusing when it, you're reading the two. But um, and there's a lot of thing having to do with uh, the Hebrew alphabet that um, yeah. it has meaning outside of the words that it creates. Mm-hmm. Those Each letter has its own kind of definition. So that's when I look at Yahweh, I'm looking at not just the, the, the meaning of the overall word, I'm looking at the idea of what each letter means. And right. if you, you know, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really fascinating, actually, to, to learn how that, uh, that plays out. There was one, and I can't find the reading, but that, the reason I brought up the Ten of Meeting is there was a, there was, uh, when it was talking about in scripture the spirit of God landing on the tent of meeting, mm-hmm. it had that Yahweh. It took the word Yahweh and it it, it combined it with the spirit itself because the spirit again is breath. Mm-hmm. So it's God's breath settling on the tent. So you could see how Yahweh through the word the the Y H W H that that definition could come together to to meet to meet with how God met with Moses especially. Yeah, and later, yeah. later with others like I guess Jacob. Cool. Nope. Okay. Okay. So we'll have to start next time on Genesis two eight nine. I'm, I got you distracted, but it was good, oh, so was, I appreciate it. That was a fantastic <clears throat> distraction. So good stuff. We always like to um, give people opportunity to accept Christ into their heart. Um, I always say uh, there's no magic words. It's a heart matter, not a. Uh, not just uh, what you say. So if you want to accept Christ in your heart, if you feel him tugging on your heart, just say a prayer with me. So bow your heads. Dear Lord, please come into my heart. I repent of my sins, Lord. Please carry my burdens away. Take my worries away, Lord, and put your hope in me and your love in me. I repent of my sins. I know that you died on the cross for me, Lord. You shed your blood for my sins and suffered for my sins. And that if it was just me, you would just do it just for me. That's how much you love me. You know the very hairs on my head. You know my name. You know when I stand up and when I sit down, Lord. You're very intimate. And I just pray that that comes into my heart and I grow with you. And I just pray that you would send a mentor into my life or teachers into my life so that I can grow, Lord. And I just praise you and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you make that decision, folks, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You got questions because there was a lot of info in these little seven verses. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you, Robert. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. 
Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.